Greater Kanawha Valley Foundation is proud to present Philanthropy and Friends, the podcast that explores the positive impact of philanthropy and nonprofits in our communities. With your host, Jane Powell. Hi, my name is Jane Powell. Welcome to Community Connections, a show showcasing community involvement brought to you by the Greater Canal Valley Foundation. My guest today is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about the arts and the music scene happening in Charleston. Uh, welcome, Brian Cooper. Thank you, Jane. Thanks for having me. I am so glad you're here. I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. I hope so. Brian, you are Charleston's creative connector. That is, that is officially my title, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the organization is Charleston Creative Connections. Yep, mouthful. So, Tell me about CCC. So Charleston Creativity Connections, um, it, it's, a, it's an arts initiative that works under the Greater Canal Valley Foundation with a lot of other players. There's a placemaking committee that's in place full of both artists, community leaders, funders. Uh, they all came together and we have this arts initiative that is really dedicated to helping artists and business connect with each other. Uh, making more better paying jobs for artists in our community and really just enriching our community through the arts as a whole. Because everyone loves a community full of arts. I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, it, it really makes it feel like home. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk a little bit more, but it is not just visual arts, and it is just not a band playing. There's much more involved in it. I know you'll tell us a little bit no, more No, that's about a great that. point. I mean, it's not, it, when we say the arts, we mean visual arts, performing arts, or theater, whatever those might be, jugglers, mm -hmm. um, literary arts, so poets, writers, uh, musicians, obviously, visual artists, obviously, but also culinary arts, too. So we really mean all the arts that we all love is what we like to represent. Yeah, showcasing everyone's talents. Yep. Um, so great initiative. I love it. Thanks. How'd you get involved? Uh, so I wasn't there at the beginning. Uh, a group of people, from my understanding, got together with the lead of the Creative Canal Valley Foundation. You guys brought some people together, uh, again, with funders, other arts-interested people. Uh, and this was probably five or six years ago at this point. Uh, and those people around a roundtable started thinking, "Would this? is this important? Do we need this? Could it work? What would it look like? Uh, jump ahead till 2020. Uh, and that group started doing an interview process looking for their director or the creativity connector as the title actually is. Mm -hmm. uh, and I interviewed for that, gosh, I think I interviewed for that position in March of 2020. Uh, and then I didn't hear anything for a while. And then of course the pandemic hit like immediately. So, you know, all the things we talked about is, you know, gatherings and events and people coming out to do stuff. In my mind, I was like, well, surely this initiative isn't going to continue. At this point, it'll be put on hold. But lo and behold, I got a call up from Michelle at one point, mm -hmm. uh, and they were, I was super excited to hear that they wanted to continue moving forward with the initiative. Uh, and that's when I got on board, was in April of 2020. So right in the middle of a pandemic. Right in the middle of the pandemic. We're launching an initiative right. to bring people together. Right. But you did it. We did. We did it. I mean, I, I hate to say I did it because, I mean, there really is a you lot of support. The, you led the I, I led the program to do yeah. it, yeah. And, and everyone was, I, I think one of the reasons we were successful out of the gate like that was that everyone was so willing to be flexible and kind of reinvent what we were doing and, and change what, you know, everyone was very aware that nothing is as it was. What can we do right now to start helping artists? Mm -hmm. How can we keep this going? How can we build it 
during a, a pandemic and, and make it what it is now. And it actually became a silver lining, you know. Um, one of the things we immediately got to do because we weren't out doing those things is, is our website. So we wanted to create a central spot for all of our Charleston artists of all those types that we mentioned before to register. It's free. They can put examples of their work there, videos. And then you, as someone looking for an artist, can come to the website, say, hey, I want a muralist to paint something, or hey, I need a, a jazz band to play at a gala that I'm hosting. And you can filter and look for those kind of artists, hear examples of them, and then directly connect to them and, and bring them on, hopefully, for a, a, a gig sometime. Right. And because this happened in the middle of a pandemic, if you're an artist <clears throat> and you're used to playing in front of a crowd, right. Um, or cooking for a group, or, 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 right. everything changed. Everything. And you guys were able to recreate events. Some of those happening online, some of those happening in parking lots. Yeah, that's right. And um, there was still income for the artist. Yeah, that was a big part of it. Another thing we focused on immediately uh, as a result of that was our mini grant program. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was a way for us. Those are small grants up to $5,000 for individual artists, organizations, businesses, anyone who had an arts-focused idea and needed some money to get off the ground, especially during that time. It was very important for us. Uh, super easy to apply. We give out, I mean, at this point, we've given out over 40 totaling over $100,000. I mean, it's grown a lot. But specifically during that pandemic time, you know, there was events like um, when the symphony uh, musicians weren't making their full salary and, and they needed some help. We had a member come to us, Ian Jesse. Uh, we gave him $5,000. He put on three virtual concerts, but he also had a live element afterwards where they could tip and get in the after party. Uh, and through those, he ended up raising over $20,000 to pay to the musicians and the other artists involved with that. So yeah. that was one... That was one pretty effective uh, mini grant that really did provide some extra pay for artists when they desperately needed it. Okay, so I'm an artist and mm -hmm. I'm interested. Like, ooh, I have an opportunity for $5,000. What do I do? Just go to our website, getcreativewv.com. Uh, when you're there, you'll see a, a little mini grant opportunities uh, mm -hmm. link. Go there. I, honestly, I mean, I cannot stress how simple it is to apply. Like, it, I, if it takes 10 minutes, I would be surprised. It is a very simple application process and that's what we wanted we didn't want to have a typical very lengthy grant process we didn't want to scare anyone off i mean we really want to hear the idea and if we hear a good idea then we can always go back to that artist or whoever it is and, and tweak and and make it a program that will hopefully be successful because um these are artists applying for it mostly yep and their creative minds um, don't need to spend time filling out right. a 20 page grant application. Exactly. Right. I mean, they're typically, you know, maybe they're not great at spreadsheeting and organizing a budget and things like that. I mean, they, everyone's skills are everywhere. So we wanted to make the application process good for anyone who wants mm -hmm. to do it. But on the flip side, I think uh, you're very good at walking them through the steps that they need to be successful. Yeah, once they're in the door and, and have that connection between us, then I'm always there for them to say, hey, you know, I think this might work better if it was like this, or have you thought about this part of it? Um, that's, that's kind of where I help them in that. Yeah, that's good. So as your title of being Charleston's Creative Connector, that is part of what you do. You're connecting. Yep. Um, I guess I'm asking for some examples. Tell me, <laughs> tell me some, because I think so, you have some huge success stories. I, well, thanks. Uh, the connecting piece, like we were talking about, connecting the artist to that side of it and connecting them to paying opportunities through our mini grants is mm -hmm. definitely one side of that project. Right. 
the other and hopefully growing and much larger and has been since the pandemic is where we really are the connector between hey this business over here has a need for this kind of thing uh, and this artist might be a great fit for that and me helping make those connections an example of that early on in our initiative was um, Kroger Corporation was opening a new store in Scott Depot mm -hmm. uh, and they needed an artist to do a, a big piece for their entryway. Uh, Kudos to Kroger's for I using know. local art. It's so smart of them. Yes. I mean, it really does make a difference. I mean, that, it's a great example of all, of all around why using local art is important. But we, we were the connector for that. So we developed the RFQ, RFP process. Uh, we did the promoting for it. We gathered the applications. We narrowed those down for the people at Kroger, allowed them to pick the artists they wanted to use. They paid those artists to make proposals, the ones they picked. Mm -hmm. And then from those proposals, they picked one to put in. They picked uh, a local artist, Michael Teal. Um, his pieces are uh, beautiful. They're very large oil canvases uh, in the Scott Depot Kroger. If you haven't been to the Scott Depot Kroger, it's worth it. I'm not even exaggerating. It is truly worth the trip just to go see the art. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful piece of work. I think we see those on screen. So there's okay. four of them. And are they're placed as you walk into Kroger's? Yeah, is they're that right, right in the entryway of Kroger. Yep. And there's mm -hmm. a little plaque there that explains you know, what it is and who did them and those kind of things. So it's, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, and tell me about uh, the connection with KRT. Yeah, so that's another example of a connection. And that's a good example where they came to us with an idea. Uh, they had some money to do the project. They could have used a little bit more, and that's where we helped them. So mm -hmm. they also applied for a mini grant. So that's a connection, both them throwing in money to do something cool and us helping make it something bigger than it, it maybe would have been at the beginning. Uh, for that one, they wanted to do an art shelter. You know, they've been great doing their art buses, which are fun to see mm -hmm. go around town. Uh, and they wanted to look for a local artist to do something to their art, the bus shelter, to make it look not like a typical bus shelter. Originally, we talked about doing some elaborate 3D sculpture thing. Uh, luckily, through the process, uh, Blake Wheeler, who was the artist who was selected, had the idea of using cut metal to really just kind of make it a different shape and also give you the opportunity that if we want to do more of these, which we are, spoiler alert, uh, it was very successful and they want to do more now. Breaking news. Yeah, breaking <laughs> news right here. Um, yeah, the, the, it's easy to replicate the cut metal in any shape on any of those shelters. Um, it's wonderful because instead of just a, a traditional bus shelter that we all know and see and drive by a hundred times right. a day, now we get to drive by a piece of art. Yeah, I mean, it, it, as soon as my kids saw it, they were like floored by it. Like it hadn't been unveiled yet. I knew it was up that night, so we drove by and they were super excited to see it. It's just right there in Canal City, uh, close to Lowe's. Anybody can drive by and check it out. Yeah. But those projects, the, the connecting business projects, I, those, I, I don't, I want to stress how important it is by just those connections. You know, other than our time in making those connections, we've done several projects like that over the past three years, and those projects have brought in over $150,000 of pay to local artists. I mean, that's, that's a significant amount of money to our local artists from just us making the time and effort to connect those businesses to artists. Mm -hmm. So that's money in the artist's pocket that filters back into the community they're living in. Yep. Right. So they're enhancing the community and then they're spending the money. I completely agree. Yeah, so it's wonderful. Yep. Um, you've got another project going on this summer. It's been a busy summer. It has been a busy summer. So tell me about Slack Plaza City Center. What is happening over there? So uh, Slack Plaza, as I'm sure everyone remembers how it used to be in its old state. Yep. Uh, early mm -hmm. on, again, during the pandemic, we couldn't, I remember mm -hmm. clearly it was a Zoom meeting. 
Um, a couple of people from our placemaking committee had met with the mayor and her great people, uh, and we started talking about what the park could be. Uh, I remember a local musician in that meeting brought up some changes that would help the stage and, and tweak that, which is a great example of how having a creative in on planning projects from the beginning can really help shape yes, a project. I couldn't agree more. It, it's really super useful. I wish we would do that more. But anyway, uh, Slack Plaza was that. Uh, it is now city center, as I hope many of you have seen. Mm -hmm. uh, as the summer was approaching, we had the idea that to really make that park a success from the beginning, it'd be great to have programming. Mm -hmm. uh, and we wanted something that wasn't typical. We didn't want just all the time concerts, the, the same kind of thing. We didn't want another Live on the Levee point or two or whatever um, we wanted something different so we put a committee together uh, the mayor's office was super helpful we brought in other promoters other organizers artists and we just started brainstorming of what we would want to have there and that came up to city center live which we launched in july uh, it was a series of six several different events actually every thursday uh, would alternate between get in line which is a line dancing night mm -hmm. Uh, which was is always fun. I mean, it's I when people brought up to me, do you want to have line dancing? I was like, seriously, like line dancing in the park is something people would be interested in. But boy, you are they! Oh, it is a crowd every time. I would say there's uh, between sixty or seventy people show up on a regular basis to so, do some uh, line dancing. So we're playing the video oh, um, of there's someone who leads who leads the crowd through the steps. Yep. So beginners can come. Uh, experts can come and show off their moves. Yeah. It is a, something for everyone. Yeah, and there's even, there's, I realized on the first night, there's even instructors mixed in. So when they see somebody struggling, they'll just go like stand next to them and show them how to do it. It's super community oriented. It's, yeah. it's a lot, a lot of fun. My favorite part of that event, and all the events really, um, are watching the people come from downtown, like maybe they walk through Brawley, they have their bag of leftover pies and pints, and they look over and they're like, what is going on over there? And so many times, those people walk across the street, set their stuff down, and then immediately join in to whatever's going on, and it's it's a pleasure. So there's that, there's the, the get in line on Thursday nights. Mm -hmm. If it's not get in line on Thursday nights, it's open sky, open mic. Uh, which is an open mic night there in the park, which has been hugely successful. Uh, it's been really cool to see kids who don't typically have a place to do open mic night. There's only a couple of places around town to have that regular place to come to in the park and to have that kind of exposure has been really cool. Brian, you don't do this work alone. You have a lot of yep. uh, sponsors, and we're so thankful for them. Just to name a few would be Benedum Foundation, Glaufelty Foundation, Truist, and of course, the Greater Canal Valley Foundation. Yep. There are many more, and those are all listed on your website. Yep. Um, I don't want to forget anyone, but please check the website to see the complete list of sponsors. Thank you so much for being Thanks here. Thanks for having me. I love it. This has been Community Connections, brought to you by the Greater Canal Valley Foundation. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. For more info on the Greater Canal Valley Foundation, visit us online at tgkvf dot o-r-g